and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based on a roll of 20 set of die. I'm Jordan. And I'm Cody. As usual, how's it going, Cody? Jordan, you know, I'm still tired. I'm just still tired. I just have not been sleeping enough. I thought you said you were fine. I thought you said you were doing better. You got some sleep I mean, last I night. slept a lot last night, but I didn't sleep a lot the night before. It's just, we had friends over, so that ate up a lot of time. Oh, man, you have such a social life. Oh, man, well, they friends were, they're, over. They're out-of-state friends, so when they come and visit, we can't be like, oh, we're going to ignore you now. I mean, you can. That would just be really, really effed up. Right, we, it ends up kind of being a as much time as we could spend with them thing. So yeah, no. we were up late. Okay, well, um, what have you been doing recently? Like into? Well, um, so I've been playing Mass Effect still. I played it yesterday. Is it getting any better for you, or is it still uh, about the same? It's got. It's like there was one good moment, and then there was a lot of not good moments. What was this good moment? Like, well, it's like you, there was one choice that I made or maybe two choices that I've made in the game so far that I felt like were real choices that mattered. And it was like, at some point, there's like this guy who's a secret agent and he's betraying. It's basically like the closest thing to describe it to would be imagine, right, you're trying to rat out like a top CIA agent to the Congress or to yeah. Congress, and they're like, no, we like that guy. He's worked with us forever. He's worked <laughs> at the CIA forever. We don't believe that he's actually bad, and you're new, so we don't believe you. And then you find evidence, and you have to decide, do you go and try to like tell Congress, hey, this secret agent is bad, or do you just take it into your own hands to stop them? So that's like a choice that's like either I trust in the established government or I don't, and I take matters into my own hands. That felt like a real choice, but it was one choice out of like 7 million dialogue options I've had so far that felt like they didn't matter at all. And so the problem is with Mass Effect, I feel like it is a game where you can make choices and where that affects the game. It's just they they make it feel like you're doing it a lot more often than you're actually doing it. Okay, I, I get what you mean. See, the thing is, I, I mean, I'm probably going to get a ton of slack for this. I really don't like games like that where you have to do all these dialogue options and choose this and choose. I don't like them. I'm not a fan of Fallout. I'm not a fan of Skyrim. I'm not a fan of Mass Effect because I don't like having to pick through all these dialogue options just to go through. Yeah. And I mean, it's going to sound dumb, but I do sometimes prefer a super linear game to something like that. Oh, no. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with linear gameplay and especially. Oh, I've gotten like totally called out for liking super linear games. No, that's that just doesn't make any sense to me. Because, like, the problem is with open-world games is they try to tell linear stories instead of, like, if you have an open-world game, it works well for telling, like, an emergent story where the story is a result of walking around the world. Yeah. Um. Here's looking at you, Breath of the I, Wild. I was about to very, say something about that. Yeah. yeah. Where it's, like, stuff happens that's cool in the game, and it's not cutscene stories but if you're just playing skyrim yeah they're just telling a linear story but you just have to walk from place to place to find it and what mass effect does is they like drop you on these big planets for you to go and explore and it's just a hallway everything is a hallway like you can't go anywhere all you can do is go down the hallway so it's like what's the point of all of like there was a point where i went to a new solar system and there's like 30 planets to explore you can't go to any of them. <laughs> like, ha- more than half of them. Like, 
I searched through, I think, 10 planets before I found one I could land on. They're all just like, it's a gas giant. Like, why do I even have the option to try to land on this planet? What is the point? It's just wasting my time. You're just making the world seem big, like this universe seem huge, and it's not. It's not actually big. It seems like they did my style of world building where they just put all this crap in it. It's like, actually, we're just only going to fit focus on this one tiny little part right here. Yeah, and it's like, and that's fine, but it's just like, don't waste my time with all the other crap, because then I just have to sit here and wait through all of this other garbage that could just be a cutscene. Yeah, I, I just really don't like the dialogue options, because first of all, I was like, I want to play a video game, I don't want to read a book. I'm sitting down to play this video game because yeah. I don't want to read through five pages of dialogue. And then second, it's like... Again, I want to play a video game. I don't want to just sit down and stare at a screen and hit. Okay, I'm going to say this to him now. Oh, he said this. Now I have to go through this. Oh, did I actually say the wrong thing? What if I said the wrong thing? And now oh, this I character's going to hate me. I, ac- I accidentally said something really. It's not exactly racist. I don't. Well, I don't know. It was. I'm going like, to say it's um, racist and just move on. <laughs> well, no, no. It was. It was in some way bigoted it's just it, it's about aliens like actual aliens not like different kinds of people so i don't know if it counts as racism or like speciesism or something anyways xenophobia it yeah i said something but it was like really me <laughs> but it was like um you know i was like giving this speech to my crew and i was trying to like talk about how we're working with all these different aliens to like bring about peace or whatever and then one of the options in the dialogue thing was humans are alone and i thought it said humans are not alone oh no! so i just said humans are alone and then my character's like and the aliens aren't gonna do anything to help with this they don't take responsibility for their actions it's up to humans the greatest people in the galaxy to save this and i'm like no no <laughs> yikes i was like why I'm did not i not xenophobic like, like yeah i just like and then it's like what if i say the wrong thing it's like now i have to go back and then the ones where there's like 50 different endings there's like oh if you say this one thing at this one time it's like well how do i know what ending i'm going to be getting by saying this one thing like 50 hours before it actually matters and just i'm not the biggest fan like i like some choice games like life is strange was one where you can make multiple choices i like some games like that but where it gets so expansive and i'm reading like five hours of dialogue every time i sit down and play it's like not my favorite game to go to not not a big fan of that style well and like to me one of the best examples of this i've ever seen is in a game called bastion which is one of my favorite games and there's like one choice in the game where you can choose to save one of your enemies or let them die and both of those scenes play out so interestingly and it's all done in engine and it's real simple and it's like five seconds and it's really clear what choice you're making and it's it's a fascinating look at that game where you like you see like enemies respecting the fact that you're trying to save someone's life and they leave you alone or you like murder your way past all of these enemies who are like making a final stand and it's like this is interesting this was like actually interesting storytelling done within the mechanics of the game and there was even like a cool moment where like So it's one of those things where, like, you're walking out basically unarmed Mm -hmm. through, like, this horde of bad guys, right? Like, in air quotes, bad guys. And um, you're carrying this wounded enemy on your back trying to, like, get them out. And one guy takes a pot shot at you. And then one of the other people who's, like, with him, like, punches him and knocks him over and stops him from killing you. 
That's really cool, actually. And it's like actually this little cool moment where you see someone else save your life because they would have just opened fire and killed you. And they started to, and then someone stopped them. And I'm like, that was an incredibly good moment in a 2D game with no dialogue at that point. You know yeah, what I mean? I, it was see, I need to... I have Bastion. A good friend oh, of mine gave it to me. I have oh, Bastion, so I need to um, actually play it. Because I, I, I started it. it, never played it. And by the way, the good friend who gave it to me was you, BTW. Did I give you Bastion? Oh, I did. Yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. you got a hum, you got in a humble bundle. Like, hey, I already have this. You want it? I'm like, sure. Yeah, so. no, Bastion is great. You should also play Transistor. Yeah, I really want to play Transistor. Transistor just looks cool. Like it just looks like such a cool game. It, I, it is. It's, it's extremely stylized, and I I really yeah. want to play Transistor. So speaking of hugely stylized games, um, I got Cuphead recently, which is oh, the two D yeah. side scroller bullet hell game where it's like done with forties, I think, cartoons graphics and just. Lots of good jazz music and everything in there, like old school jazz music. And it's a fantastically frustrating game. <laughs> I like the game. It's not one of the ones where it's like, oh, it's so hard. I can never beat it type game. It's like, I know, like looking at the bosses, I know how to play. I know how to beat them. But then the execution of actually beating them is what's been driving me crazy. Also, it's extremely addictive because every boss is supposed to be like maybe two and a half minutes each. And so <laughs> when you lose, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's not that much time. I can try this again. Like, sort of Dark Souls, it's hard. And sometimes it'll be like a 10-minute boss battle. And then you'll lose at the very end. It's like, do I even want to play this again? But this, it's like, I get like a minute in. I lose. It's like, okay, it's just a minute. I can play this again. And, yeah, it's extremely frustrating. But it's really fun and just extremely stylized to say that again it's just so stylized and i love it so cuphead's one of those games that i keep looking at and thinking i want to play <laughs> but, but i've played really intense 2d games like that before and i quit so hard and so fast the one that wasn't super intense but i definitely like i pushed myself to beat it was shovel knight because it started to get to like i'm not that great at platformers to begin with but it got towards the end and i just I was timing this jump wrong every single time. And then it's like Dark Souls. When you die, you lose like your souls, your money, and you have to go back and grab it or it's gone forever. And if you die a yeah, second time while it's still in the air, way. it's gone for good. And so that kept happening to me where I would finally, I would get past the part, then I would die and then have to go all the way back and then almost get past the part, then die. And it's just, it started getting so frustrating. And it's like, I need to push and just beat this game because I'm like two levels from the end or I'm going to never play this game ever again. <laughs> yep. But have you played Shovel Knight? Um, I haven't. I've seen a bunch. Kind of. I feel the same way about that game that I do about Cuphead. Where I'm it's, like, I, I might like this game, but I also could see myself just not getting into it enough to yeah. make it worth spending money on. It's really good. Again, extremely stylized, but extremely frustrating at points. All the bosses are super cool, though. It, it's oh yeah in trouble yeah it is a super super cool game um yeah no i just took a like break from mainstream like gaming and went to indie for a little bit just because they're because <laughs> they're a lot quicker just to sit down like i have five minutes i can play five minutes oh. before i get into stuff what's up i forgot i beat tacoma oh how was that i don't know anything about tacoma so have you played gone home no, I have seen Gone Home. It's like you with Cuphead. I have seen Gone Home. I've seen a lot about Gone Home. But I know it's like, would I actually play through this? So it's definitely like a walking sim. There's like not 
it's not a challenging game at all, really. Um, it's very laid back, but almost in a nice kind of different way. Oh, that's a weirdly um, stylized game. What? Tacoma. Oh, well, not not as much as you think. That's like... Uh, so you're looking at like the weird looking like blurry stick figures. Yeah, the stick figures with like the bodies Aura, around the auras like around, them. around yeah. them. Yeah. So what that is the station. So you come into the game after the space station has like been hit by a meteorite, and you get a distress signal and show up to try to help. Right. Okay. Um, and what you're watching is the station captures location data oh, and voices okay. of everyone all the time. And so you can play through what happened, like, in the past. Okay. Um, But you don't see the full picture of a person. You see, like, that, that shadow of them moving thing. around. Yeah. yeah. And you can hear what they're saying, and you can um, see what they're looking at on their cell phones. Okay. That's um, really But cool. what's cool about it is when you hit play, it's the whole station is playing at the same oh, time. Oh, that's really cool. So... You can walk between conversations as they're happening. And so, like, you have to kind of, like, like, you can rewind time. So you rewind, play different parts of the conversation. And then you can, like, rewind and see what people are looking at on their phones or whatever. So, like, the only real challenge of the game is, like, sometimes someone will walk through a locked door. And you have to figure out how to get in there. Yeah, like, so you can watch them put their hand up and, like, move their hand over where the buttons would be, and then you have to, like, match that, that That's pretty cool. That's, that's really Or cool. there's, like, some, like, read this text file that says, my password is my graduation date, then find their diploma, and you get the date off of that and enter it in to, like, unlock a little bit more of the story. But you don't really have to do any of that. You could just walk straight through the game, and it would let you finish. It's just you find more story if you do that. Okay. Um, but what I found out is I was telling my friend about this. I'm like, it definitely made me realize like, it's a kind of like voyeuristic kind of game. Cause you're watching stuff, but you're not there yeah, and you can't influence it. But you also just like get to creep around everyone's room and root through all their drawers. And I'm like, this is, this is the most fun part for me is I'm just like sitting there like, Digging through everyone's, like, <laughs> trash. Oh, my God. Like, God. what are you eating? What kind of toothpaste do you use? I want to know. You know, so that was that was what I found fun about the game. Okay. Although I don't know what that says about that me. That says a lot of bad <laughs> stuff about you. And I'm just, right? I'm willing just to move on from that. But that says a lot I'm of I'm just bad. saying, Jordan, if you ever invite me over to your house, I want to root through your medicine cabinet and through your bedroom. Yeah, you're not ever allowed to come to my house. I think... Oh, I remember the time when I had a friend visit me at Valpo, and you went to the bathroom. This is at my apartment. You went to the bathroom, grabbed my plunger, and stuck it in the shower wall. Did I do yes, that? Yes, you did that, Cody. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. And I was. That's... And then you locked me out of my own room in my apartment. In my apartment, you locked me. Yeah, you things. did. I have. I have a corroborating witness. You did all of that, and I was like, I'm like, I am going to. You man, <laughs> you, were, you were so proud of yourself because you like kept messing with little things, and I forgot uh, what we were even doing. I think we were just hanging out and just talking stuff. But you just kept doing little things to mess with me, and I'm like, dude, I'm trying to host and have a friend over. You just do whatever the heck you want. Yeah, I mean that sounds like me, but I also don't want to believe that. You. That is a hundred. Why would I just make up a super detailed story just on the spot? I don't know, Jordan. Why would you? 
I mean, then there's the time I slapped the ice cream out of your head. You want to talk about that instead? <laughs> no, that doesn't cast me in a great way. <laughs> Anyways, it's on to the show, man. Um, Cody, what was last week's? You should um, know this one. Come on, man. Oh, gosh. You know, I'm actually looking at way. our episode. Tell me why. I'm looking at our episode list right now, and it's just called Slap Happy Thursday, <laughs> so I don't remember. Because you were so slap happy and, like, just messing around. Come on, Cody. I uh, want it that way. Come on. Boy Band there Worlds. Oh, you were doing a bit. Yeah. Okay. Got it. You were doing a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I was. I was, by the way. But anyways. All right. So yeah, last week was Boy Band World, where we had very similar worlds, except for you had dragons and like these giant house cats that ate people, which I thought was the most. Oh my gosh, I did! I ever. forgot because that's such a weird juxtaposition of like, oh yeah, boy band singing and the giant house cat kills a person in the background. Woof! I forget things that I say frequently. Yeah, that's probably not good, buddy. <laughs> you probably should get that checked out, man. Well, nah, it's fine. It's part of my charm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, ready to roll for initiative. I already for those did. who don't understand what we're doing, because I realize we've only once explained this and never again. We roll d twenties to figure out who gets to go first. Whoever has the higher initiative score um, gets to read first, and then at the end of the show, they get to roll for the next episode. So yeah, I realize we explained that once, like maybe tw- actually probably thirty or forty episodes ago. <laughs> um what what did you roll because i'm rolling bad again i rolled an 11 man this is <laughs> this is the year of cody again i rolled a seven that's three really? in a row with the same dice i need to change that out Jeez. uh okay. i get a little well, dice superstitious I... when i roll three bad rolls in a row all right so my world is called Cena, I think. Like Senna? John Senna. Cena? Go with... dun, 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 no, like, I didn't dun, dun, mean to dun, call it John, John Cena, so now it's Senna. Anyways, so it's called Senna now because I can't dun, dun, deal with this. <laughs> All right, I hate you now. I'm done with the podcast. I quit. I, just, I wish that music wasn't licensed because I would totally put that over this whole thing. It's just John Cena music. So can I can I do my world now? Oh, are you, are you like, really? Are you the one? No, I'm just wondering. No, if I can do my oh, world. Oh no, 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 Actually, I think I'm gonna go first, anyways. So uh, my world is. I'm kidding. Go. All right. So Senna now because can't call it Cena. I can't believe I didn't realize that when I picked you. Should have realized I was gonna do that. You know me. We've known each other for like what almost ten years now. It's pushing. Okay, before there was time, the gods were still were. 12 and 1 as it always has been. 12 gods to give power to 12 ideals. Dang it. And one to strive against. One to hate, one to fear. Before there was time, the 12 came together. The one had to be stopped. The one had to be trapped. So they built rock, massive and strong. While the one slumbered, the 12 grew a massive stone around him. When the one woke, their rage was terrible. He tried with all his might to rend free from the rock. He tried so hard that the world began to melt. Rock turned to red water, and the one made his home. Hell was born in the heart of Earth, a place of contained rage, but the one could not escape the vast stone of the twelve. The twelve stayed, and so did the one. Twelve gods to watch over our rock. One devil stays below. Now we're going to learn the twelve gods. 
First, there really is quick. what? I'm sorry, I can say this afterwards, but I'm gonna interrupt you. Um, this no, is a very cool creation story because to me, it's like the molding of the core around the, yeah, the earth around yeah, the yeah. core. I think that's the way you talked about that was really, really cool and creative. So, here's the problem with my world this week, Jordan. This section, I really like. Yeah, also, really quick in this, I realized as you were talking, it's like, crap, I didn't make an afterlife. <laughs> I didn't. Oh, either. well, you said the word hell, and I thought, I just said, like, crap, I didn't make hell. Well, <laughs> hell exists. Like, that's, we're going to get to okay. that in a minute. So now we're going to learn the 12 gods. Woo. So, uh, first there is uh, Aquil, the god of water. Second, there is Lutnum, the god of dirt. Uh, then there is Ventus, the god of wind. After that, we have Heme, the god of seasons. I what? mean, I know Ventus, wind, and all of that, but it's definitely a Kingdom Hearts thing. Just want to throw that out there. Oh, shoot. Then we have uh, Vita, the god of life. Uh, Sagate. Sagat? Sagat? Like from Street Fighter? No, not like that. It's like S-E-G-E-T. Sagat? Uh, We're going to go with yeah, Sagat. It's spelled like Sagat, except for E's instead of A's. <laughs> uh, Disc is the god of learning. Conti, the god of art. Bellum, the god of war. Scartorus, ugh, the god of debauchery. Uh, Opius, the god of wealth, and Lex, the god of order. And then there is the devil, who is here only to judge. What's important to understand, mostly about my world, is this is not at all a metaphor. There are actually 13 celestial beings, 12 on the outside of the planet, and one inside that came together to form the planet called uh, Senna. So, on this world, things tend to happen in 12s, like on our, like for us, how things happen, you know, in threes a lot mm -hmm. of times. Like, that's just like, we kind of make that the way things yeah. are. So, in this world, things just tend to happen in 12s. So, there are 12 lands that are divided by water. Um, each one of those 12 lands is ruled by one of the gods. There are also fiery pathways into hell. So, hell is an actual place where people can go. And meet the devil if they were to decide to. Really quick, there's that whole book where the kid died and he went to heaven and called Heaven is Real. I just really want there yeah. in your world to be a book, Hell is Real, about traveling down to the pits of hell and meeting the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just a very funny juxtaposition. It's like, Hell is Real. <laughs> it was fiery yeah, and before. death and the devil was there. Um, so the paths to hell are these like fiery holes that open up in the land or sometimes in sea. They're considered to be evil places, so people try to avoid them. Um, but, like I said, hell is an actual place. You can go there, and it is full of demons. It's all lava-drenched caves, no water, poisonous fumes. It's not a good place to be. It is a nightmare world that lives reachably underneath the surface of the planet. Um, day and night exist like they would here on Earth, but it is literally because the 13 gods move an orb of light around the planet, and that is the only reason why day and night exist. Same thing, there are stars, but they are placed there by the gods to communicate with us at times, and that is the only reason. Um, eventually, there are humans. I'm saying us in terms of us okay. being humans and relating to gods. So, technically, at this point, humanity doesn't exist. I shouldn't say us. <sighs> Anyways. So, for every single force of nature that exists, it is governed by a god, and they are the reason why it happens. Um they can't always be seen, though, directly influencing things by human eyes, but at times they definitely can. So gods do just, like, physically manifest in this world and walk around with people. Um, but it's not, like, the only thing they do. They can do other stuff. 
Um, and yeah, I think that's the end of my world. The big thing to take away is none of this is a metaphor and gods wander around and you can like see them up in the sky sometimes. Okay. No, I like it a lot. I really, I like it a lot. Um, I mean, I did this as well, but I do like how you did, um, name personally name each of the gods rather than just being like, Oh yeah, there's 12 gods deal with it. Yeah. When I picked 12, I was like, well, now I got to come up with 12 weird things to make deities too. So I had some fun it, with it. I enjoyed that. I have a God of debauchery. Yeah, no, I, I, I really like how you're setting this up so far. Um, so I'm going to start mine. Mine is the land of Stelos. Um, really quick. I did it again. Kind of like where I did magic, where I cat kind of like a little skit before each section. I know I've done this before, but just that's what's coming. And also, I'm definitely going to be shoehorning in the afterlife and stuff during my society current. So that is going to happen. <laughs> Which I didn't plan for that because I completely forgot that. Oh, yeah. In a world of gods, you might need to make an afterlife. So... <laughs> I mean, not necessarily. And mine's not ne like in my world. I mean, not, I was able to come so. up with an idea like that, and mine's not necessarily going to be. It's going to be what happens after you die. That's all. That's all. Okay. That's my spoiler for now. Um, okay, so here's my little skit to start with. This is in the car. Oh come on! Another traffic jam. We are going to be late again. I know we aren't supposed to blame her for everything, but this has got to be the goddess of misfortune at it again. You know, I really wish they would all stay up there in their city of the sky and just silently run our lives like leaned in the rest of the gods. You know, I've heard that those cast out of Parisium can never return, so we are stuck with them. Plus, Oman is the goddess of misfortune. It's not like she means any- Time what? out. Can you- Can Sorry. you wait until I finish the sentence next time? Just- But I have a question! Can you wait until I finish the sentence next time? Just- Just- you, You're fine with where you are, but wait next time. What up? I want to ask you something serious, though. How do you come up with your names? Oh, I'll, I'll tell you after this section, because it was actually very easy. You'll see kind of a th theme of it. I'll tell you after this section. Well, yeah, my theme is I typed every word that I wanted the god to be a god of, and then just translated it to Latin and went okay, with that. Actually, that's fine. Like, I'll just do it now. Uh, no, I'll do it at the end of my section. I'll tell you how I came up with all the names. Because okay. I don't want to okay. just, because you only heard one name, but I don't want to spoil it. So anyways, okay. plus, Oman is the goddess of misfortune. It's not like she means any harm. It's just what she does in the sentence. See, now you can interrupt me. So now I wanted to ask one other thing. Well, I wish she would stop. Traffic jam today. Building collapsed three days ago. Power outage in the burbs last week. It just doesn't stop. The gods need to leave us alone. Oh, quiet down. If she hears you, then you will really have some bad luck. They aren't all bad, though. Because of Trilos, the god of nature, crops out in the country have been abundant without any work. Now, I can see you already got the theme of it. Cool. So there are a few harvesters out there, but people like us no longer have to work as farmhands, and we can work in the city. Heck, come on! We wouldn't be able to afford this car without the gods. Mondred, the god of prosperity, has led to the markets booming. My family... Next time I'm going to laugh my butt off. You've done this to me twice in a row, by the way. I'm my sorry, family has Kilos. never been happier. Is it not all bad, dude? Yeah, you say that until Oman unleashes a disease for fun, or Gari runs you dry at his casino. You exaggerate. 20 minutes later. Good thing I packed the bikes. Let's go. We will be here all week at this rate. And that's the end of my skit. 
Okay, Trilos, though. Okay, fine. I'll just go into it now since you're annoying me. So I've come up with the god names. This one was particularly easy, is where I took an idea. There's a few that aren't like this, but I took an idea, and then I just changed the word. So Oman, Omen, like a bad omen. Right, yeah. Trilos, um, god of nature, trees, Trilos. Um, Gari, um, gambling. Um, there's another one I, I have later. Um, yeah, but yeah, so no, it makes sense. It, I mean, that's basically it's, it's, how it's I just, it's, it's, it's this like one's very easy better. because I just took the thing and just changed it slightly. So anyways, yeah, this is the holy land of Stelos, the land where gods run free. Stelos is a large country made up of rich farmlands in a cityscape called Estes. Yes. I completely just stole Estes from Dark Souls. <laughs> The humans live here to toil the land day in and day out, making it a paradise of their own. There is only one country on this singular landmass having been made by the god Lind. And Lind was just one I just made from letters. I just, I saw letters, I'm like, that's a name. (laughs) (laughs) He and his following of lesser gods molded the land and created the humans in order to maintain the land. But later down the line, the humans almost act as a lifeline to the gods. Leaned with his power, gouged trenches into the land and allowed water to flow through them. There are no oceans, but the water flows through the land and back through the mystic power of Petrine, the god of paths. Every morning, Selindrion, the goddess of rebirth, floats high in the sky and sings, creating a golden light around her, providing the daylight for the world below. Darren, the painter god, paints a beautiful display in the sky for his adoring fans. Blues, greens, purples, yellows, and even reds dance in the sky while Selindrion sings. But when Selindrion finishes her daily song, she withers and dies, returning to the uh, returning the world to darkness. Her ashes spread across the sky, shining brightly. The humans call this phenomena the Stars of Selindrion. But towards the dawn, those ashes collect into a figure that rises a, rises to sing again as Selindrion, the goddess of rebirth. And note one thing about this story, that there is no moon. <laughs> Only Selindrion. I, I like Selindrion, though. I, I really enjoyed writing that idea just because of the imagery of, like, the goddess. And she dies and then bursts into the stars and then collects and then, like, daily. Yeah, And no, that's, that's why cool. I kind of called that's her cool the goddess cycle. of rebirth because she is reborn every day. Um, yeah. Anywho, the seasonal changes are based on Darren, the painter, and Trilos, the god of nature. Sometimes the sky is blue and the harvest is great. Trilos! Stop it. Others, I love I Trilos. Others, the ground is frozen with painted snow and the sky is a dense gray. There is no consistent seasonal change as inconsistent gods are in control. The city of Estes is in the center of Stelos and stands as a metropolis amongst the rest of the continent. There, humans work to advance their society in order to be pleasing to the gods. The city is run by priests who work to praise the gods daily. Through these priests, even the city has been especially designed in order to be pleasing to the gods. Engineers work to advance technology as the belief is that the closer the humans are to the gods in power, the more pleased in their creation the gods are. Some humans have become disillusioned by the constant interference in the human world by the gods and look for some sort of alternative. The humans worship a pantheon of a pantheon. I knew I was going to pronounce that wrong. Uh, <laughs> The humans worship a pantheon of gods who live in the... What? Is this section one? Yes. Can you... Jordan, we have sections designated. I know. And because I have so much packed into this world, (laughs) I had to put it in section one. So can you shut up and let me read? (laughs) I'm just like sitting here listening to you lay out the history of humanity. I'm like, 
Isn't there a section? Yeah, for there this? is, and it will go into more detail. Now let me <laughs> freaking speak. Okay, I'm listening. <laughs> Anyways, the humans worship a pantheon of gods who live in a floating city above them called Perseum. Perseum is run by the god Lind, and to the humans, Perseum is a completely unknown wonder. I'm still talking about geography, by the way. Some say the city okay. is paved in gold, or that there are far more advanced technology that creates miracles. Others say that there is nothing up there, and that is why the gods push humanity closer to creating a man-made paradise. Perseum is constantly debated, even though no man has ever made it up there. And due to Lean's power, no man may ever make it up there. All that is known is that some gods leave Perseum and can no longer re-enter. Thus, there are so many gods living in Stellos with the humans. And that is the first section covering the geography, Cody. Okay, yeah, yeah, you brought it back to geography. Yeah, sometimes you have to, you know, stray a little bit away so you can cover the more important things in life. Okay, you ready for my next Oh, my next it's thing? on. Uh, the 12 wait, gods wait, wait, all work How together. How many gods are there? 12, okay, there's 12. Okay, so the 12 gods all work together to make each creature. Wait, wait, wait do they actually, god, or like, is it all of them like pointing their hands like, ooh, creatures? Well, kind of, but then some of the gods have more influence over certain creatures oh, okay, than the okay. other ones do. We're going to get into yeah, that. Oh, oh, we're going to get into that in this section. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah uh, we are. Really? That's what this uh, section's oh, okay. about. I was just wondering. Yeah. This one's this one's about plants and animals because I actually try to follow our. Oh, uh, says Cody, the one who usually doesn't follow our prompts. I've been trying like the last few ones. I've been trying. You know to, like, what? Actually, Cody, I've noticed and I appreciate it. This one, I don't know if I like it better or than just than just doing whatever. We'll I see. see. I, I honestly anyways. do what you usually do in this one and just do whatever. So we're switching so. places. <laughs> Each, every, the gods work together to create life, but each land is unique to the god that is in charge of it, and it reflects that god. But the world right now as it stands with animals on it fits together in like a perfect harmony. You know, all the gods work together to create these unique lands that reflect themselves, and all of it fits together like a puzzle. You know what I mean? And every little piece is just so. Each land is unique, so like Aquil's land has the most beautiful fish and massive lakes. It's just this big island, basically, of all these tiny little freshwater lakes teeming with fish. Bellum's kingdom is uh just like of it's violent, but it's it's a good thing, because it's these like really strong animals all fighting for dominance, you know, so it's like a lot of mammalian like pack stuff. So there's, you know, lions and wolves and bears. All fighting for dominance to, like, see who gets to be in charge of the pack. And in the land of Skartoris, uh, bright-eyed little creatures feast on berries and reproduce in a perpetual warm spring. So it's just, like, these beautiful, interesting, diverse lands. Each one has its own thing about it. The world is just this nice song, and each critter plays its own little tune. <laughs> you kind of have your, like, the song and people playing tunes, too. It kind of reminds me of your, um disney princess world yeah i end up using songs as metaphors yeah. a lot no, I, I don't know it's i like it I, it's you know it's a style it's not that i'm it's not that i'm repetitious. I, no. again shut up i like it i'm just saying there were similarities i do not believe we can I thought die you were yelling at me. <laughs> or i would kill them all themed lands are we serious great so there is a land where the only animal is fish? How did a quill 
think that could even work. The humans that live there have constant scurvy because there's nothing to eat that is green. There's only fish. Their cities keep sinking into the swamp, which is great. And most of all, there is the horrid smell of stagnant water piling up with fish crap. Ew. And don't even get me started with Bellum's brave lands where everything and everyone just keeps getting eaten by, I kid you not, wolves that weigh 500 pounds, are six feet tall from the shoulder when they're on all four paws and can see in the dark. is that you? Great place for humanity to die. The only people that live there now are just as crazed and bloodthirsty as the wolves. Then there is Scortoris. I want to like the god of debauchery. Always up for a party, sure. (laughs) But his land is basically made up of wine and honey. Have you ever seen what happens to small, cute rodents that are (laughs) drunk and gorged on honey with nothing to hunt them? Imagine a population, imagine that population after ten generations. It looks like a bunch of quivering, matted fur pillows flopping around on each other (laughs) 24-7. The last time I went there, I spent the whole time puking. Anyway, but here I come, the devil, and I try to help. And everyone says I'm evil. Yeah, I may have tried to make Aquil's lands have some rivers instead of just lakes. And yes... I gave the humans in Bellum's land the ability to hunt with weapons and armor. And okay, sure. I dropped a pack of Bellum's wolves in the land of drunken sex rats. <laughs> drunken I'll sex admit it. wolves. <laughs> I'll admit it. That was terrible. I could hear the shrieking of sweet little bunnies all the way down in hell. Anyway, at some point... The lads need tough love. And that's why I am here. That's a rant from the devil. <laughs> He's very upset. Uh, I want to say, just you are a lot more whimsical than I am. And <laughs> that was extreme. I just love that little rant, especially the rabbits. And just imagining, like, the wolves landing. And I'm so just like, oh, God. Oh, God, man. Oh. <laughs> he was like, oh, God. To run on chubby oh, little just, legs. Can you hold up and, like, not eat me for... Oh, this is a... Oh god, just don't, please. Oh, oh no. <laughs> We're so <laughs> ashamed. All I oh, eat we've never been is honey. And all I drink is wine. Just give me a second, man. Holy just crap. Just imagining like berries that are just full of already fermented oh, juices with these little rabbits. Yeah, and, and they're just drunk. <laughs> they're just yeah, whole drunk. time. Whole time. Oh god, is that your section or you got more? No, I, that's the I love it. But I do. Have no- I have noticed that you always portray the devil as kind of a good guy. That's weird. Well, the devil, okay, the devil's so this always is kind of a good of... guy. He's like, <sighs> okay, so what I wanted this world to be about is how and Satan then is super more, cool. Of- drives a motorcycle, wears sunglasses. Uh, no, that's the super. <laughs> has a jar of marmalade. Yes. Human <laughs> <laughs> adultery. Yeah. No. So when I when I first had this idea, and this is a stretch, but. Where it started was, in the Old Testament, a lot of times, like, God and the devil would make bets. You mean, like, the, the one time where God and the devil made bets? 
A lot of times, you mean the one book of the Bible where the the God of the devil made I don't think you understand that on average, I think both of us have more biblical knowledge than your average bear. Which means the Bible says whatever I wow, say. Wow, now you're starting to sound like some I of the can... crazies out there who are trying to twist the Bible's words into whatever freaking religious needs they need it to be. Welcome to the danger of being able to quote scripture out of context. Yeah, and you know what? I'm going to do. I'm going to keep God. you honest, Cody, because I am a beacon okay, of light the amongst the world of, of Job, God and the devil made a Once. bet. Where the, Satan said he could get Job to renounce God, and God was like, no, Job's too good of a guy. So then, with God's consent, the devil just ruined Job's yeah. life. Kills forever. a lot of people, too. Kills, Kills a, a lot, lot of people, people just to get him to not pray. Um, But anyways, I liked that notion of kind of like uh, the game of poker between gods. So what I was wanting this to be was like a competition, and then humanity sprout up as part of that competition. And then I kind of started writing it, and then I was like, oh, you know, I kind of like the idea of the devil being trapped in hell and it being actually at the center of the earth. And then I made one of the gods the god of debauchery, and then I'm like, what would a land for the god of debauchery look Drunk like? Drunk and sex like, rabbits. Sex <laughs> chubby sex-crazed rabbits, that's the what it would look like. The animal that has the most sex and, <laughs> and um, alcohol. Let's do it. And then I was like, well, Bellum's land would be like this dark nightmare world full of, like, murderous wolves that are just constantly fighting. And then I was just, like, imagining it, like, like if the gods were basically playing, like, Zootopia, you know? And you could, like, highlight Greg, click on, like, a tiger, <laughs> drop it in a bunny enclosure, and just, like, delete all the gates and just be like, just, just gonna sit back just and just just drink my juice. <laughs> That's kind of how I imagine the devil in this world. So it started from a, a, a place of me wanting to make something real, and then it became this. And then, and then it became and whimsical, because you have that whimsy bone in you. It just felt See, it felt hacky. I don't know. I just, it's I fine. Don't, Dude, it's fine. That that standard role of Russell like, but what if the devil's cool, I feel like is a little yeah, tacky. Yeah, and I didn't admit you know, what if the devil's cool. Anyways, my world, see, we'll see it later. My world is definitely something that could be an anime or a slice of life thing or a um, dating sim where you get to date the different gods. That's what my world became as I wrote it. It's like crap. Yeah. It's like crap. Because I like wrote, so I wrote the god, goddess of uh, misfortune first. And like, I actually really like her. Crap. But um, I I got I got a bit to go. Like I said, this is a long one, Cody, and I didn't necessarily do too much for on Fauna. I explained the gods a little bit more, so I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's I, fine. I, I I I didn't. I need to follow the prompt, and I will definitely do it next week since we're gonna have guest. I don't. I you don't do care, care because I care. I ca- I let you down, Cody. Okay, okay. I, I care a lot. I, I care a lot. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, so here is. Foranfana, which I haven't done in a few weeks. So this um, little skit is called The Water Cooler. <sighs> the boss gave me a pat on the back and said to not make being late a habit. Not that I planned on it. It's just that life is so unpredictable these days. Yeah, the gods up there just manipulate everything to their own whim. It's not like they actually care for us. Don't you think it's funny that in order to do anything helpful, these gods want us to worship them and give them gifts as thanks? Isn't that a weird concept? Here's my life savings so you don't completely ruin my life. Seems kind of unfair. If you work for one of the gods, you are set, but those jobs ask for way too much, and not to mention, they are hard to come by. Hey, you could always work for your buddy Misfortune. I bet she would love to have you. As if. She's a monster. 
I just wish there was something else. So Lean created this world and with his followers decided what living creatures would inhabit the land. Now look, I am not the most creative person, so there are many plants and animals that inhabit this world. And that's where I'm fond of for you. Um, the humans grow many crops in order to sustain life. That is where most people work during the harvesting season. But of course, when the god of nature, Trelos, came to inhabit the land, the crops grew exponentially without humans even tending to them. I see that laugh you do every time I say the word Trelos. It's going to be like seven more times, so enjoy. I just <laughs> Trees sprout up and grow within a few days, and thus the humans were able to use these natural materials in order to advance. Trilos has also grown special plants that dispel pollution, so the humans have pushed forward un unhindered. All he asks for in return is undying praise and servants to help him maintain his beautiful flora and fauna that he cultivates. Outside of the usual farmhands, Trilos has a group of gardeners who follow him. They take care of the plants and animals. They feed and milk the animals, but Trilos picks which animals will be butchered. Every animal is important to him. So I would say in order to make this kind of different from most worlds, that most of the animal are like um, farm animals, that we're not going to have too many like snakes and other things like that, that most of the animals, Good, that most no of the animals serve a specific purpose. So we're not going to have most of the other ones. So there's going to be like, you know, bees to help like um, pollinate the flowers, but there's not going to be mosquitoes, I guess. So yeah. it's going to be everything has been created for the specific purpose of forwarding the land because you know the gods live on the land so hey look did a little bit of fourth final work on the spot boom boom so um every animal is important to trilos his acolyte gardeners help prune harvest and even process the materials without these humans the land that trilos cultivates would just grow and grow and things would get out of control trilos has also grown plants that have medicinal value these are taken to the city of Essis to be processed and distributed to the population but this all comes at a price. Trilos would be rich, but his money goes to support his acolytes. The other gods work this way as well. Those who left Teresium are stuck in Stelos, unable to make it back to their original homes. Thus, every god who has left has set up their own area. These are called shrines and act as the headquarters for each god. Shrines are found all over Stelos. People go here to worship, ask for help and gifts in the hope of return, or they visit as a form of tour tourism. Every shrine exists in a different form. Trilos' shrine is a massive garden where people go to ask for strong crops. His acolytes are the gardeners who help him maintain the land. Follow him and your land will flourish. Gari, the god of gambling, runs a large casino in the middle of Estes. His acolytes are the many dealers and bartenders who make his casino run like a well-oiled machine. People go there to test their luck against Gari in order to gain fortune, whether that fortune is monetary or something else. Zs. The god of sleep resides in a cool spring deep in a forest away from Estes. Okay. His acolytes are those who help ward off nightmares produced by gods still residing in Parisium. People offer their nightmares to him for a restful night's sleep. In turn, he asks for those who offer sorry. In turn, he asks for those to offer him fish to populate the spring and to pray to him for the seven days following. Mondred, the god of prosperity, runs the largest bank in the world. He is in charge of all finances amongst the humans and even the other gods. He grants prosperity to those he deems worthy, and those people have become the rich and powerful. In turn, those chosen by Mondred act as his acolytes, allowing prosperity and good fortune to spread amongst the land. These acolytes are the 
are the everything for the greater good types. Tess, the goddess of guidance, runs a small newsroom in Estes. For your undivided attention and a bit of coin, she will offer you guidance in an almost horoscope-like form. Her acolytes are writers and photographers who bring her the best gossip around the land. Then there is Oman, the goddess of misfortune, a kind of negative character in this world. Her shrine is in a poverty-stricken ghetto where she feeds off the misfortune of others. Her acolytes are those who go and spread their misfortune to others in an attempt to make the goddess happy. Most humans don't like her and stay far, far away. But she is ever-present. Despite her negative nature, she takes great care of her acolytes just like all of the other gods. If the humans stopped praising the gods, they, the gods might lose some of their powers. Once they've lost their power, they will fade into obscurity, only given praise under the umbrella of praise and land. But of course, these aren't the only gods. There are still many more that live in Stelos or up in Perseum. Once a god leaves Perseum, they are stuck in Stelos, no longer as powerful as they would have been in Paradise. But they still have it much better than the humans. And so, at least in my head, the way I stylize each god, they have their own, like, personality. They have their own, like, style. So I would say, like, um, Mondred, the god of prosperity, he would basically be your businessman-looking god, always wearing a suit, tie, like, looks well put together. Um, Oman, the god of um, misfortune, she, I imagined her as being, like, a gutter punk style, like, you know, looking homeless, but um, also punk rock, because, you know, that's a thing. Yeah, but and then Trilos, I imagine being like your like uber hippie, you know, dreadlocks, and he's like always smells of. He's not just no, a tree. No, he's uh, oh, sorry. I... All the gods took human form. I imagined him as an. Oh, animal. just okay. just tree beard, just walking around. No, yeah, I, I, I mean, imagine them all Trilos, as taking some sort of human form. So that's gotcha. my thing. Anywho, um, I could talk about my gods forever, but instead, I want you to do society history. Okay, so society history. This is going to have two parts, two ages. They are known as the Age of Champions and the Age of Kings. That's so D and so, D right there. That is a hundred percent. I know, D &D. right? When humans were first formed, they were the great creation of the gods. This was like the pinnacle of their creativity. They were perfect, and they loved the gods that ruled over them. And basically, at this point, in terms of the 12 gods around this world they considered their work to be done they had made humans which were the closest thing to them that they could make so they were like great we're finished then came the devil since the devil lived deep in the center of the planet he could not truly reach humanity but he could influence them so what the devil did was burn the feet of the first humans this lit a fire in them that would eventually burn them up and kill oh. them. So oh until this point, humanity would have lived forever. The devil also gave humanity a subtle doubt and fear of the gods that had long ago banished him to live in hell. So basically, this kind of gave them the inkling of mistrust that the devil now has for the gods that captured him. Um, he also gave humanity like this kind of manic desire to stare at tragedy so this is kind of where like our fascination with horror comes from was this initial thing um and he also kind of gave the first notions of like madness and anger and aggression that humanity would ever experience um the worst of these people that were influenced the worst or burnt the worst by the devil became the first demons at this time, the gods still walked in their lands and would talk with humans and create right in front of them. So 
you could be walking through a land owned by a god and just come across that god. And it might not always be a human, but it could be their forms were shifting. So very Greek mythology, you know, it's like Zeus could be a lion or just Yeah, I totally thought of doing that, but I changed my mind. Yeah, so it's it's entirely the gods could just at will change forms. Um, What they eventually started to notice is that humans became afraid of them. They started to be worried about being around them. And everywhere that they went, they could see and smell the foul stench of evil creeping up from beneath the surface of the world and it began to influence all creatures and plants this is when the champions were born the champions were there to basically fight against demonically influenced creatures and people that arose because of the devil's early influence in the world they were blessed with supernatural powers it became uh, usual that each land had one champion and the title was passed down through a family so once someone was selected to be a champion they would eventually like their children would become champion. You know what I mean? It was just like a thing that went on for generations. This practice eventually continued long after any supernatural abilities that were given by the gods faded away. And after they stopped having need for champions, but this became the first, um, like this became the earliest form of Kings and was people that were champions. So this is where the idea of a monarchy came from which is eventually what led to the Age of Kings. So this is the little narration from the devil at the end of the Age of Champions. Ah, screw These people suck. I wish I could explain why it is that when I influence things, they grow horns and catch on fire. Who made that rule? (laughs) I didn't. It must have been the Twelve. It's not my fault. I didn't mean to do that. So yeah, now humanity burns, but they are also more alive than they were before. And someday they will grow weary of being the thoughtless pets of the gods. I think it's a little worth a little smoke and pain. But mostly I just want to wipe the smug fi- smiles off those other gods. It's hard to feel like you rule everything when the humans start to rule themselves. And you said you didn't like this world. I think you like this world, Cody. I, I'm I'm like as I went through it I started liking yeah, I think it more. You like anyways, this world. Um so this is the age of kings. The gods at this point have become a little bit distant from humanity, and humanity has started to fend for itself. So they no longer rely on the gods for like social leadership. They now rely on the kings, which used to be the champions. Um the devil is still thought to be evil, but it was the doubt that the devil gave humanity in the gods that drove humanity to start to rule itself. At this point now, the gods still sometimes walk amongst humans, but it is always in like these extravagant and magnificent forms. And it's like a one-upping game that every time the gods appear, they try to make themselves seem more grandiose and more scary. But on the same hands, the demons that still occasionally roam the lands are also growing in like hugeness and terror. This is also the first time that the gods are starting to realize that their control over humanity is slipping. As humans begin to grow and change, the world itself that the gods made is beginning to change the way it looks. So these lands that were once very separate are now being cultivated by humanity to actually function. And this was not something that the gods intended. So it's like this thing used to be very much under control and now it's starting to take on its own life. Like kingdoms are growing and falling, wars spread, and humanity just keeps moving forward. 
and technology just keeps moving forward. And as that happens, the gods just become less and less and less relevant. The first time a human sat on a throne and declared themselves a ruler, I smiled. Good. Lust for power and reach further. The gods are trapped here, and I want off this rock as much as you do. Oh, little humans, you burn out so fast, but you are growing faster. My captors had better watch out. The humans are coming. So the devil's kind of trying to incite humanity to, like, challenge the gods in an attempt to, like, get released from his prison. Release me! Interesting. I like it. I like where you're going with this. I like your world a lot better than I like mine, but, you know, I like making weird gods and coming up with... Mine gets weird in the end, and I'm sorry because I had to go the anime route with this, and I'm so sorry. So, here's uh, society history for me. Um, This is the After Work Happy Hour. Also, by the way, these are still the two same... The main character is still the same guy from the very beginning who got stuck in the traffic jam. And then the person he's talking to is the same guy he drove to work with. So anyways, seriously, why do the gods even exist? Who even put them in charge? Lean created this world as a test of power to see if he could make a world that could sustain sentient beings. Then he fell in love with this world, and out of benevolence, he continues to care for us. All that's fine, but he's not the problem. It's the other ones who come about and ruin our lives. They're all part of his being. You know, all different aspects that gain sentience of their own. You know, that's really effing weird. And what's weirder is that he's always watching us. What do you mean? Are you blind? The seraphim. They are everywhere and they act as Lean's eyes and ears on Earth. Oh, them? They aren't too bad. He's only monitoring us to make sure things don't get out of hand. You say that, but they are extremely creepy. Just a little too perfect. They shine a little too bright, and their faces are just a little too symmetrical. It's like looking at everything you wish you could be. Man, you complain way too much. You have been talking about this literally all day. Oman ruined my day, so blame her, not me. Base, new section, Wee lightning. Okay, I am Lane, the creator. All this world is my creation. The humans have come up with many stories as to why I created this world. It wasn't out of benevolence, it wasn't a test of power, but it was out of selfishness that all of this exists. I longed for praise. I longed to create something I could call my own, something I could rule over. I created this world from my own being and molded it to my liking. This world is a part of me. I created the plants and the animals based on worlds that I had seen through my travels. That's how I explain my flora and fauna. Ding. <laughs> But but I need it more than that to find happiness. So I created the humans. They are a reflection of my own power. I was happy and accepted all praise and worship as it gave me strength. I believe myself to be all-powerful, but creating my own world took a lot out of me. I was given a new strength through the praise of the humans. I created my home far above where the humans lived, but close enough that they still felt my presence. They try to describe the land I created for myself, but it is completely indescribable to them. Their minds would not be able to comprehend the land of Perisium, so instead I sewed an image of a paradise with golden streets and never-ending wealth to them. Taking care of a world wasn't easy. I was stretched thin. So I created many forms of myself that would each take, a, take care of a different aspect of this world. 
Each of these forms was weaker than I, as even after splitting myself, I retained quite a bit of my power. But I was unaware of how strong I truly was. Each, each of the beings separated from me completely and gained their own sentience. But they all recognized me as their king, and I ruled over them and the humans below. But they soon became jealous of the praise I received. It was meant for all of us, but they believed th that the praise was only focused on me. My other forms, the lesser gods, all had a power over a certain aspect of the world. And they began to fall in love with the humans, pining for their attention. Until finally, in order to gain praise, they left to join the humans. Trilos was the first to take a human form and leave Perisium in order to tend to Stelos. His powers were cultivated by human praise, and he continued to grow the world around him, creating his own domain. Others began to follow, the next being Oman. She felt like she didn't belong since most of the humans' complaints were over the misfortune that existed in their lives. She believed that through direct contact with the humans, she would gain the love that she thought she deserved. As they left, I unfortunately had to lock them out of Perisium. For their betrayal, they would never be able to return home. I felt saddened to lose a part of myself, but with their human forms, they would corrupt Perisium. The gods and Stelos blended in, but, a radiance about, but had a radiance about them that stood out to the humans. Each form was fitting to the gods' personality. Most humans were accepting of the gods joining them, but some opposed this. Despite opposition, there was nothing the humans could do. You can't kill a god through human means, and the god's immense power discourages humans from trying. I wanted to keep a watch on the stray gods and the humans without splitting myself, so I created a league of angels whose power was between god and man. This was the league of the seraphim. They blend in with the humans, and through their eyes I watch. The gods are aware of my seraphim and act accordingly. If a god was to truly go against my word, despite it hurting me, I would have to erase their existence. Luckily, this has not happened yet. I lead a league of god and angels on Perisium while the gods on Stelos garner love from the humans. Because this world has become a part of me, my power lies with the energy of the world. If the humans were to stop praising me and my other split selves, then I would become weakened, losing an aspect of myself. Their praise gives me strength, but is not the source of my strength. It would be like an infected kidney or a collapsing lung. I could still survive, but I would be greatly weakened, allowing this world to be weakened as well. If things continued to fall apart, then I along with the world would die. Since Trilos' departure, I have been afraid of this, so I created a vessel. If I were to die, then my power would be redistributed into this vessel, and the world would be reborn. But like all things I create, it was given life, and I fear what this vessel means for the world. So, kind of a weird Jesus type thing at the end. Um, not quite Jesus, <laughs> you'll see in the next section. So, a couple things that I read and I noticed that I kind of left out in making this. One of them, I can do in Society Current, but one of them is the idea of the afterlife. And so, I think that in this world, the afterlife works that when the humans die, their energy is redistributed to the world and goes back to... Um, back to the land in order to like make more humans continue like it all gets redistributed energy is not created destroyed just one um form to another so that's that um as opposed to the humans and how they act on earth i think that they all follow the priest and praise and like it would be like if the catholic church ran the entire world so it's like 
pretty like praise and worship base like they go and they praise these gods and then like this affects like the humans are very religious because you know the gods are right there and have been since the very beginning yeah. like he created the hum like humans and then they knew of his presence like it wasn't like it's not like in our world where it's like oh is there a god isn't there a god no like the presence of god in this world is very well known so Okay. So it's not like, like oh, you to get to heaven or Parisium, you need to believe in this god and worship him. It's like, no, everybody already worships him. Your energy is just distributed back to the world. And that's like your purpose on this earth is in order to praise these gods, I guess. And this is all like Adelaide making this up on the spot because it's literally something I didn't even think about. I just wanted to create cool gods. I think that's okay. Yeah, you, know, you get so distracted by one idea that it's just like, crap, there's a whole different thing I could put into this world. I mean, I just end up, like, not ever... I just kind of go, well, okay, I'm just not going to do that. I just... I'm very... My world's are usually very narrow, considering it's a world-building thing. I just end up, like, forgetting whole chunks of stuff. Yeah, I... Oh, jeez. I don't know. I like the whole world-building, but... At the very beginning, we tried to do just strictly, okay, we're building a world, and here's a story in the world. And, like, I like now trying to kind of make a story from the world as we build it. And, like, the idea of the yeah. world is for this specific story. And, I mean, other stories can be told in these worlds, but I do like to, I don't want to just, like, okay, well, the world is round. Okay, there's humans, they act this. I want to have some sort of purpose, some sort of meaning behind the things that go on in this world rather than just this happens this because like if you go back and you listen to episode like one and two it's very this happens this happens this happens and then it kind of like now we kind of transform that and i like this style a lot more than that so i'm done talking i'm sorry (laughs) no no you're fine i completely agree like i i like having the story interspersed if it's going to be there because it i feel like it makes it flow better i like world building But the more we built worlds, the more I wish we could also have a separate, second, like, story-making podcast. But, you know, based on our yeah, lives, we can't do that. I just that. feel like it's just, occasionally, yeah. we'll do both, you know? It's just, we'll, we get tired of building worlds, we'll just do another short yeah. story thing. We'll all actually get to write my romance you can, world. You, I, or my I, romance Honestly, story. I'm more open to it now that you explained a little bit more of what it would have been. I just, I like, anyways. All right, ready As for my always, last section? log episode. That's not too bad. You ready for my last section? Yeah, yeah, buddy. All right, it's called The Age of Gods. The Age of Ultron, the most forgotten Avengers movie. It really is, though. <laughs> it's so bad. They no longer call the 12 gods. They call them celestial beings. Got them? At this point, science has really grown to be the only truth. They Humanity no longer considers the gods to be gods, the they consider them to be like almost a malevolent force that's ruling their world that they now feel ownership over so the gods are still very much present can still be seen and still sometimes like come down and try to mess with society but they see that as like a nuisance um and something that they are getting annoyed by um society itself has become has become far more homogenous so at first There were 12 lands that were ruled by 12 gods, you know? So, like, the land of order was very different than the land of art that was very different than the land of debauchery. But basically, by the time the Age of Champions ended and we were into the Age of Kings, 
it was like a renaissance for all these different lands. They began to communicate more. They gained the ability to communicate with each other far easier. And after that, all the lands like philosophies began to influence each other and then began to narrow. So the more people talked, the more like similar all of these cultures became. So now there's not just a culture of warrior like people and a culture of artists. They're kind of all intermixed and finding a middle ground between these 12 ideals. The other noticeable change to the world at this point is in the geography itself. So at first it was just during like the age of Kings. They were like, okay, well we're going to learn how to plant some fields and we're going to learn how to make enough food to be able to survive at this point. Now they're like wholesale changing geography. They'll remove humanity will remove mountain ranges that are inconvenient for it. They'll work to stop flooding. They'll, you know, create canals. They'll create bridges. All of these things that were never intended by the gods themselves. All of this is being seen as like a giant flying middle finger to what the gods have created. And they'll occasionally come back and try to put it out. But this taxation has actually, this taxation on the gods has actually caused humanity to find out their limits. So celestials are not infinitely powerful. They do have a limit to what they can do and how much they can do how quickly. And humanity actually found out how to change the world faster than the celestials could put it back the way they wanted. Okay. So if the celestials were in charge of making every natural law happen, humanity could basically bend that to the point where even natural laws could not keep it from going to the way humanity was making it. Um, so the actual shapes of continents have changed at this point based on humanity's interest. The other thing that is different is humanity is beginning to reach for the stars. They know that the gods create the stars and move them um, in an attempt to communicate with humanity sometimes. But they've also became curious about what exists in like this celestial plane above their planets. It's not specifically spaced, but they're beginning to get to the point where they want to travel there. So, like, we're seeing uh, not exactly space programs, because space doesn't exist. It's, like, whatever celestial soup the celestial beings were formed out of, but humanity's trying to get so, to there. You you so hard want me to make an Evangelion reference. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's kind of that a little bit. The yeah, pri- it does have a little bit primordial soup at the end. You really are, like, pining so hard for me to make an Evangelion reference. <laughs> um... So yeah, humanity's not sure what they're going to find, but they know they just want to get there. And the last area of study that has just recently become extremely relevant is celestial biology. Hmm. And this is where they're actually trying to quantify with science... What a celestial is. What a celestial physically is. Nice, I like it. And they're getting close. Uh Uh-oh, that's not good. So this is like literally they're now able to figure out what their gods are and how to define them. So this is now Satan here at the end. Or the devil, rather. (laughs) They figured out what we are. I, the devil, did not even know. But we created creatures, and they have put us in a box. They can measure the limits of our abilities. They've studied how we work. The time has come when my captors will fall to humanity. And finally, I will be free so the end of this is supposed to kind of be like super hopeful yeah 
Well, and also I kind of like the idea that the devil is sort of actually evil, though. And it's not going to be a good thing when he finally is able to break out. So, like, the weakening of the Celestials by the humans is going to ultimately result in the devil breaking free from the center of this planet. So, I, I don't know. That, that's my story. Okay. The end is, to me, the weakest part. Yeah. I didn't love my ending, but it's Yeah, really, really I think it's too. fine. I, I actually really did enjoy your world. Um, Again, Cody thinks the devil is super cool and wants to be besties with him. I have never made another world where the devil was super cool. Have I? Have I done that um, before? I, th- I think there was one other one, actually. And I think it was of, like, the recent, like, ten, and that's why it's in my mind. I, I can't think it's of it possible. right now. I can't think of it right now, but I think he did have another world where the devil's, like, super, super chill. <laughs> it's like, Cody, come on, man. <laughs> it's fine. You can think what you no, want. No, I made a world with death where death was super chill. No, I think there was another thing. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. We'll We've done, like, freaking, what, 55 worlds in that? About 55. Actually, probably closer to 50 because we had the um, deconstruction episodes, which we can totally do another one soon. It is honestly lot, it's fantasy world things. gods will be a fun deconstruction episode, but yeah, yeah, no, that'd be fun. Because I'm thinking like, um, um, God, what is the Neil Gaiman book? I just lost it. The Neil Gaiman book you hate, American Gods. There we go. Yeah, yeah, we could talk about that. We could talk about um, there's an anime that kind of covers this a little bit. Um, also speaking of anime, you said the god Conti, and it just reminded me of Fully Cooley, so I wasn't gonna let that pass. Conti, the the <laughs> robot, yeah. <laughs> uh, I forgot about that. Yeah, no, that. I love Conti. And <laughs> the robot, not the god. Anyway. Um, okay. This is my last section. Um, this is the little skit at the beginning. is at the bar weeks later. <sighs> I am so utterly screwed. Oman must have heard my complaints because one of her acolytes robbed me blind. And of course, I decided the best thing to do was try to win back my money at Gari's Casino. I bet my wedding ring for all of our fortunes back and then some. But I swear that mystical bastard cheats. I lost everything and now the missus is threatening to leave me. Well, dude, you're right about one thing. You are completely and utterly screwed. But you were asking for another way. I think I found it. Daniil, the god of the end. And this is where it gets super anime, by the way. (laughs) He seems to have all the power of the other gods, but without all the crap. Oh, great. Another god. How is that going to help me? He is talking about creating happiness without having to jump through all the hoops of the other gods. Through him, there will be bliss, and all he wants is our praise. Seems like a simple step to me. Fortune, happiness, and a good night's rest, all to just occasionally tell some dude he's doing a great job. He won't steal my money or cause traffic jams? Nothing of the sort. Cool. Where do I sign up? Next part. This is There's a second separate little stud- story in this. No, you're fine. I, I realize I need to have a space because I go straight into it. It's like, oh yeah, I should probably have a space. It's like, suddenly there's a god talking to him. Anyways. One day, I just existed. Just like that. I don't know the reason, and maybe there wasn't one. But as I became aware, I saw a figure who was, and at the same time, wasn't me. We shared many aspects, but at the same time, I was whole, and he was broken. He had split himself until he was half the being he started out as. I knew this being as the god leaned, and I was his other half. His shadow, but at the same time, his reflection. His world is bound to crumble one day, 
It might not be next year. It might not be even be in a million years, but his world will die. I, who am whole, have the power to create a perfect world. One that won't cause me to split myself. His world is here. All I have to do is mold it to my liking. But first, his world must end in order for mine to begin. That realization is why I took on human form and travel from Parisium to the land of Stelos. I must gain the love of the people and take it away from Lind, his seraphim, and the lesser gods. That will weaken him enough to deliver the final blow. Once Lind is gone, the world will be reborn. This may take years, decades, even millenniums, but I believe this is my purpose. This is why I exist. And that comes from Daniil, the end reborn. I like that. I like that, actually. I, I yeah, like my the, little kinda... evil evil Jesus moment at the end. Because <laughs> he, <laughs> he's Jesus. not technically <laughs> Satan because he is going to rebirth the world, but he is trying to steal, the like he's trying to guide the humans astray away from the gods. So there's there's that way. That's why I said it kind of gets anime because it's not necessary. It's it's weird. It's convoluted. Okay, and so I've talked <laughs> no, about I like, like, I like a it. lot in the other sections of the gods that live in Stelos and the humans and all of that. Um, so the gods, in just brief overview, because I'm gonna try to burn through this pretty quick. The gods are vastly more powerful than the humans, and each control a different aspect of the world. So um, each god lives separately in their own shrine, and they welcome humans and their praise and worship that gives them strength. The humans live in pretty much modern world and go about their days as normal. So it would be kind of, I would say like from 2000s till now is kind of how the world looks. It's not like super futuristic and high tech, but like, you know, it's definitely modern. It's not like Renaissance times. There's not castles and stuff. There are regular buildings that exist in this world. So... Yeah, I do like that. Actually, I liked the idea of blaming a traffic jam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, See, that was kind of fun to me. Like, because I, inst- you, you know, this is like behind the scenes. I instantly thought of this idea last week. It's like gods living in this, like the gods, fantasy gods living in this modern world. So the humans, yeah. like, they are very aware of the gods and they know of the gods and their power, and also the seraphim that watch over them for the god land. Um, the priests of Lind guide the humans in worship, and kind of like I said, it will be as if the Catholic Church existed, like, controlled the entire world. So, But there are those who branch off and follow one of the many other gods, and they live as acolytes to that god and kind of serve specifically for them. So you get, like, Trelos's gardener acolytes, Oman's, like, you know, ruffians who... Um, try to spread misfortune you get like the bankers and the casino workers and the like paparazzi that work for um all the other gods so but all of the because all these gods came from lane they were all split from his being all of that worship goes to lane so that helps sustain the world and so finally there is Daniil, the god of the end or the end reborn as i said earlier and super creative me Daniil is just leaned spelled backwards. Oh, I didn't even get yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> it's leaned spelled backwards. Um, so Daniil is the pure reflection of Lean. He was that vessel that Lean created in order to, like, if his power was to fade, he would go into that vessel and start over again. But Daniil oh, okay. is the opposite, but yet he is the same. He has all the power of Lean. But like he is currently more powerful than Lean due to Lean spending expending most of his power to create the world, and Lean is dependent on all of the other gods, 
um, and the humans praise because, you know, everything comes from him. But Daniil, because he didn't split himself like that, is not limited in that way. So Daniil's goal is to lead the humans into worshiping and focusing on him. This takes away the energy that is given to the gods and focuses it elsewhere, weakening Lind and the other gods. So when Daniil has driven the power away from Lind, he will strike the final blow, ending the world as it is. But then after the world is ended, it will be reborn through him and he will mold it to his liking, creating what he believes to be a paradise. And this will be just the next cycle of like this world. And so yeah. those that follow Daniil are humans that are disillusioned by the current gods and seeking a different way of living. And that was the purpose of each and every one of my stories is like this guy kind of like, these gods suck. I hate it. I want a different way. It's like, oh, there's this other god who's not like doesn't have all the crap that the other ones have, and I can just follow him, and hopefully he will make my life perfect and create a perfect like a paradise after the end, and my energy won't just redistribute to the world. I'll become like part of his world reborn, and so oh okay. So yeah. they believe that a world born through Daniil is the answer that they have all been seeking. So Daniil presents himself as that kind of cool god. He would be kind of like your cool youth. Cool. He would be your kind of like cool youth pastor who drives the motorcycle. He's like super cool down to earth. And he's not like all the other guys who just want to control you. He's like super cool and chill. Like, you know, he drinks and hangs out with you. He's that cool god. And like, so I imagine this, like... This being this world, he's like the guy who wears like the leather jackets, like he's always dressed like super nice. Um, and he's just really friendly and down to earth. Like, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like a Jesus figure, but not quite because like he has a different purpose. But anyways, so people follow him because he's the cool god, and thus they walk away from the other gods, hoping for a new reborn world. And that's what I did. That's my world. It gets super convoluted and super anime at the end, but I really like what I did. And that's why it's like seven pages. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I, I, I really enjoyed this. What, you got any um, notes or anything? No, no, I mean, I, I definitely get what you mean about the anime-ish ending. Yeah. And I kind of see what you mean about the dating sim thing, where it's like deciding yeah. who's going to get the most power. Yeah, it's deciding you know? what god you want to follow. Like, courting the god's like, oh, do I want to join this god? That or, yeah, it's just, there's a date. You could make a dating sim out of this world. You could totally make a dating sim out of this world. I do like an idea of a god dating sim, although it feels a little. Oh, yeah, I would never I make it. <laughs> but it sounds like a great idea. So if any of our fans right. is um, into gaming and stuff and creating games, go for it, man freaking go for it <laughs> you have part of my support <laughs> but um anywho cody you ready yeah all right and i rolled a nine a world where a musical could exist okay that is awesome <laughs> okay i'm not even gonna pretend we have guests next week so this is the world that I, i'm just like i just don't are you kidding with me you made me lie i know you cody you know what for that go ahead and roll another world and that will be the world we do after our guest jordan i have rolled i kid you not 30 times just trying to roll a nine cody just and it hasn't happened go ahead yet. and roll another world and that will be the one after our guest okay well i rolled an 11 which is a world with more than four seasons. Oh, that sucks so much. <laughs> well, no, that one's great because it's entirely open. Yeah, It can be literally anything. See, you know, like, 
Most of my worlds, I don't even talk about seasons because it's something that I don't even think about when <laughs> designing. And I just like throw it in like after I've already written the world. I was like, oh yeah, seasons, like inconsistent, whatever, man. But no, that, that, ooh, that'll be interesting. Okay, so that'll be two weeks from now. But next week, we're having some guests and it's going to be super fun. And we're doing yep. a world where a musical could exist. I have ideas that I may or may not have like talked to people about ideas because I had too many ideas. So anywho... Thanks for listening. Since Cody rolled and did all the stuff, I will do my plugs first. I am something, I guess, zero zero at um, twitch.tv. Um, been stream- trying to stream a little bit more when I actually make it home on time. Um, this week, I played a little bit of Bioshock, and um, during a firefight, ate a ghost pepper and saw how long I could survive the vi- firefight. So, <laughs> you- did you actually eat a ghost yeah, pepper? Yeah, I actually ate a ghost I actually ate two ghost peppers on stream. <laughs> I am very sorry. So, yeah, no, because a friend gave me the ghost peppers, Ryan, shout out. Um, so, I-, I ate one on stream. Um, it was a very fun stream to do, and I'll be... Almost finished with Bioshock, and because another friend wants me to play it, I will be probably doing The Witcher as my mainstream game. But as October rolls up, I will definitely be doing more horror games again. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, and that is me. Oh, also, you can check out... Uh, I'll do it after your plugs. Oh, I was just going to say, check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network. We're on YouTube, and we're on podcasts. That's about it. Yep. Yeah, you can find us everywhere. Check out Wandering Gamer. They have some really fun um, podcasts. Oh, one thing about Wandering Gamer Network, if you search for our podcast on Podcast Addict, make sure to search for it using the iTunes search engine. Otherwise, you find a broken RSS feed that we are working on transitioning away from. Yep. Yeah, definitely make sure you get the right one because there are podcasts out there. So if you go and you find one that doesn't work, you're in the wrong place. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, you can definitely find it. You just have to pick yeah. the right one. It sucks, but we're working we on used that. A, we used a budget podcast hosting service. and we were Yeah, we've talked that. about that every week. We don't have to get into it, but once again, don't go for cheap. Anywho, um, you can also check World Shop Podcast out on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, because it's not Google Play anymore. It's Google has their own podcasting thing. Um, iTunes and... Also, we have our own Twitter. If you want to hit us up on an email, send us your world ideas or send us ideas for world prompts. You can totally do that at worldshoppodcast at gmail.com. That is in the link description. And yeah, that's everything. We'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Bye.